You are listening to the Green Lantern Corecast, episode number 118. This episode, Deus Ex Miscarriage. I'm Nam Siddiqui, not Frankie Mateo. You may know me as Kuhan. I usually call myself Kuhan. I don't know why I actually said my real name this time. It's fine, though, because I say it on all my other shows. So if you listen to that stuff, you know who I am. Uh, joining me this episode uh, are most people who are normally on this show. Brandon West. Brandon? Boss. Okay. Colton Clayton. I think this is like the fourth show you've hosted this week. And Eric Hale. Hey, call me by my alias this week. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, so go fuck yourself. How's it going? It's pronounced Nort, right? It's good. Yeah. Wow. So what are we covering this week, fellas? I haven't been on the show in like a million years. Well, this Can't week... say I missed you. Well, go fuck yourself. We're going to be talking about Earth 2 and the Green Lantern Animated Series. Also, this is not the third show I've hosted this week because I think it's I think it only, I think it only in the second because I didn't actually like what we did podcast at the power like last week but i think we generally what we start off the show with in case you remember i think you might have forgotten eric because you haven't been here in a million years is uh is news so brandon do we have any exciting news that'll make me very elated sure um and he cut out good yes that was some good news there's that rumor that i was talking about that it um they, Warner Brothers has apparently the scuttlebutt is that they've told Ryan Reynolds that um, they no longer need his services as Green Lantern in the next movie they're planning to do, which is probably Justice League. Though I think I've said a million times I don't want to talk about movies when they're just talking about making them as opposed to casting people. Yeah, you missed that conversation, Eric. Sorry. I'm just saying I don't want to talk about it. So stop talking. I just did. I might. I had a period at the end of both of those sentences. Hey, so Brandon. I feel like there's a lips. Anyway. Um, yeah, go on, you were going to say something? I was, I was pitching to you. Well, pitch, pitch. Hey, so Brandon, any news, news, tell me news. (laughs) Tell me some news. There's absolutely some news. Uh, I mentioned last time that uh, DC Comics is publishing uh, zero issues uh, come September. So in September, there'll be zero uh, issues published. Is that not what I said? That that is what you said. There'll be zero, no issues will be published in September. Don't right. say no. Don't say no. You're ruining it. Zero okay, issues will well, be published in September? Yes. Yes. And on those zero issues... Wait, no. Yeah, so there's going to be zero issues. So nothing... There's no... Zero issues in September. Oh, Jesus. I get you, Joe. God I damn it. I get it. Okay. <laughs> How did it take you that long? <laughs> I got it. I get it. <laughs> All right. It's It's sinking in now. All right. 
Sounds can like I move on perfect. now? Yes, you can move Get on. Get on with it! Can I move on now? So, the, the, so the, the zero Please. issues. Now that we all got the joke. The issue number zeros. Yes. The numbered zero issues in September that will be published feature big changes in uh, Green Lantern. Not so much uh, creatively as in brand new stories, but uh, it kicks off the third army event. Um, each uh, f- each of the four titles will be moving. In. I guess I guess if it's if it's a number zero issue in Green Lantern, that means that Hal Jordan's parallax, right? Because that would actually be a great mechanic. Like every time they come back to issue zero, it's like <laughs> I have to bring fear for the universe. Well, whatever. It well, is. we'll be getting a new Green Lantern that we saw in uh, Free Comic Book Day from and a zero issue. So there's that. But uh, news wise, other than that. Um, apparently Let's see, we know. Well, don't we? We know he's like a, uh, Islamic too. Is it Islamic or is it just Arabic? Because what does he have written on his arms? What's the language? He has some Arabic language on his right arm. Yeah. I also I also seem to remember noticing for uh, New Guardians that uh, it seems Carol Ferris will be joining the team. It'd be great to get that information out before. But, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe Kyle will hook up with her. Prostitus is jo- Good, is, His connection is quite stable. Isn't yeah, it? very, very stable. So, so what? So, so what we, what we? Fatality. I know where to be found. Yeah, fatality's leaving and Carol's coming in. Brandon's excited because he likes Carol Ferris. So will so will will Kyle not no longer be the only guy not to date one of uh, Hal's exes? Find out. Or don't. I assume you find out one way or the other eventually. I thought, oh, I, I, thought, I thought New Guardians was getting canceled since there's not going to be any core anymore. It's just it's just going to be it's going to be New Guardians starring Kyle Rayner. <laughs> the New Guardian. New Guardians starring zombie Kyle Rayner who's going to get shot in the head soon. Right? That's yeah. That who knows what the deal is? Who knows what the deal is? So in other news, in other news, talk. talk. In other news, Tyler Kirkham is leaving New Guardians. Yeah. Hey, look at that! I'm excited because Tyler Kirkham's leaving New Guardians. That, that's he's, mean not good. It's not mean so much as he was mean. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, like here's, the, here's the deal, because it may or may not be true. Um, Tyler Kirkham is <laughs> doing... He's doing issue 10 of Teen Titans. And Brett Booth has said, I'm coming back in November. Which means there's two issues that uh, Tyler could possibly do. Why, what's he doing now instead? He's doing New Guardians. Tyler, when he's leaving New Guardians, what is he doing after that? He's going to do ten, Teen Titans in oh. November, in September and presumably October. But Brett Booth comes back to Teen Titans in November. But Tyler has been telling everybody that it's really sad that he's leaving Kyle Rayner and New Guardians. Which means we're probably getting a new artist or the book is getting canceled soon. Um... Aaron Cooter, who's taking over New Guardians on issue zero in September, uh, when I asked him if he's going to be the monthly artist, he says, I don't know. That's a good question. Wow. DC has their, <laughs> has their shit together as usual. Well, either that or they just haven't bothered to tell him that they've already got their artist planned out and he's just uh, thinking he might have a chance. No, oh, Maybe. 
And that's all the news. Yay. Hurrah. Fantastic. All right. So I guess if that's it for the for the news, um, pretty excited. Exciting, exciting, exciting news. There's going to be some great things happening in Green Lantern in the future because either Tyler Kirkland is leaving the book, leaving New Guardians, or it's getting canceled. Either way, I think it's exciting that there's a new Green Lantern. I mean, who cares? I mean, honestly, who cares about the kind of half-assed Top Cow artists they get onto um, Green Lantern next? You know, but um, it's kind of cool that they're bringing up a new Green Lantern. I mean, I don't know if he like. I think the design looks stupid, and um, you know, the fact that he's kind of being shoehorned as a feature in this big storyline is kind of dumb, but, um, you know, we have complained for a couple of years. They should probably just throw some new blood in there. So that's cool. Yeah. I'd like to mention that, um, before Eric came back, we had the most positive episode ever. <laughs> oh, shit. That was like two episodes oh. ago. Last episode what, what, was pretty what did you, How could you, po- I read all those books too. There's no way. <laughs> Um, Whatever, fine. I'll just I'll just kill myself. So anyway, uh, I <laughs> that's guess, all that'll make me happy. You know, you know what we might be able to do talk about positively is Earth Two Issue Two. Yay! Hey, look at I that. I mean, second. yay! Right? No, it's oh, awesome. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see what you did there. All over on that one. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Earth Two Number Two. I want to say. Or or Earth Two Two. Earth, I, agree, Earth, I want to say that it's great for Brandon that we finally get to talk about um, Alan Scott on a regular basis. I guess we've decided to cover Earth 2. Um, that's good for you, I guess. Um, whatever. It's like, uh, I think it's cool Alan Scott's gay. I think James Robinson uh, did the most positive possible interview he could where he said it was his idea. He brought it up to editorial. They said sure. Um, and he said the reason he, one of the reasons he's doing it is cause, because Alan doesn't have kids. They're getting rid of his gay kid. Uh, who was like the only prominent gay DCer? So he was like, "Why don't I just make Alan gay?" And it's kind of like, well, you're sort of saying that, like, you know, the circumstances of a, you know, people are like, "Oh, that means you can't have Obsidian." I'm like, "Well, that's not. It's 2012, so uh, do a little research." But you know, besides <laughs> that's not really, all that, that's not how like, things like, work. I mean, it, the the more issue would be he'd still be a child for quite a while. He has have kids for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's just like exactly. It's kind of like they deliberately rebooted everything, and it's not like they're going to age in, you know. Ultimate Comics time or original Marvel time, they're going to all be 20 for the next 30 years, so um, good luck with that, Obsidian. But um, yeah, I think, uh, whatever, you don't really get too much about this besides that he's gay, he's in a cool relationship with another rich guy, and um, you know his boyfriend is subsequently killed, which you know would be really bothersome, because <laughs> uh, that happens a lot, but... Um, you know, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like because it's treated so offhandedly and it has such goodwill that it's like, why not? You know, I think this issue is kind of problematic. I think uh, James Robinson's dialogue is always veered from like pretty good to fantastic to utterly horrible. And I think there's some stuff in the beginning, especially when Mr. Terrific's talking and he's not using what the gentleman informed me are contractions. He's saying I am I are instead of saying I am an R. Um it's a little awkward, and then I like the idea of setting him up versus the other Mr. Terrific, and there's some good hooks in this series, but it's kind of like this issue treads a lot of water with just showing off what Flash can do with his hideous costume and, um, you know, just uh, Green Lantern's uh, boyfriend saying no to a marriage proposal in the most dramatic way possible. I mean, next time, <laughs> just say no, don't blow up the train, you know? It's like, you know, but whatever. Um, but, you know, Nicholas Garth's arts is pretty good, except for Jay's costume. It makes me kind of cockeyed at her whole thing. But I guess that's, I mean, Superman's costume in the first issue was garbage, but Batman's was cool, and Wonder Woman's was kind of in the middle. But I think those weren't, weren't those Jim Lee costumes? It's possible she's not designing these. So I might be complaining about nobody. But, um, you know, 
giving him a chance. Well, um, I think she said that Jim and uh, Cully Hamner designed it, and she tweaked them. Or no, the other way around. She designed them, and they tweaked them. Oh, well, they both, and then everybody's wrong. There you go. <laughs> Equal opportunity <laughs> failure. <laughs> That's uh, it. I, I guess. Uh, what else am I going to say? I'm not even. Uh, you want me to say not say anything mean? It's contractions. You don't want me to say anything mean about it. Costume suck. Uh, it's hey, uh, uh, the fact that <laughs> that Jay Positive. has to tell us that he's Positive. working on his parkour. It's kind of random. He's like, now that I'm faster, I can do parkour better because science. Uh, everything that I read for DC this week was better than all of the clips of the amazing Spider-Man so far. So, so Jay Garrick's origin was originally, um, science, pseudo-scientific, right? It's loose science. It was, it was, he inhaled hard water fumes or whatever. <laughs> so now it's, yeah, now it's just, now it's just a God gave him super speed. Well, uh, the idea that James Robinson gave us in the interviews is that this 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 version of R2 is going to be more mystically inclined, so even their science... Stealing how Jordan absorbed. And, it, and it's cool that he's, you know, he's like, um, yeah, right, exactly. Um, cool that I think, you know, they use terms like, oh, oh we're going to call them wonders instead of supers or metahumans, and he's trying to develop his own language, his own mythology, and that's kind of cool, and I think... It's really funny because the biggest link between Jay and Hermes in the original design is that his costume is kind of, you know, the helmet is more like based off of Hermes. And then Jeff Johns, you know, obviously forgot that and said it was his dad's World one hat um, because I guess he thinks his dad fought German mustard, was a German mustard gas soldier or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's, it's funny how that's like the big link between the two costumes and James Robinson's probably like, oh, he's like Hermes. Cool. So I'm just going to, you know, make his helmet not at all Hermes' helmet. I mean, it's like it looks like he's wearing a flying saucer on his head. It's pretty random. Mercury. What did uh, I say? Hermes? Yeah. Oh, right, because they're Romans, so we're not supposed to use... The yeah, for some reason, it's Roman gods and uh, Earth 2. Well, that's gods. cool, too. I mean, it's the same guy as Hermes, but whatever. Name difference and apparently appearance difference, yeah, too, given whatever. the design choices. It's pretty cool that... I guess that's cool, too, that he's making a point to be like, no, these are the Romans and stuff. I mean, like I said, he's. it's interesting because a lot of the issues, the first two issues, just have really just been about showing those details that are different as opposed to kind of like really getting in there, but... It's cool. It's world building. I think once we get to issue eleven, I'll be pretty excited about it. But, uh, which is yeah. Once once we get to the point where he said uh, he'd start doing once he gets past this major uh, building setup, he'll start doing like one to, one to two issue arcs. Great. Something the we end. needed. The end. <laughs> the end. Nobody else anything to say? Really I, I I really enjoyed the issue. I mean, I I, I like the setup. I I, I like getting to see uh, to Jay's new or- power origin. I think that's a a nice little choice. If you have to go more mystically inclined, what better way than have the uh, god of speed give him his speed? I I like that they built up uh, Alan Scott a little before giving him his powers. That they uh they made him a person first, which is always nice. Within just being uh, sort of he had like a page of information. It's not really a person. Well, we had him a little bit in, Earth, in issue one as well. I guess another half page of information, yeah. It's it's more than we got in the old days. I like that he just kind of treats the. Uh, it's it's interesting because it really it feels like a natural natural dialogue and stuff. And, um, and it's weird how people kind of it's one of those things where I'm very cynical and I typically don't believe anything that comes out of the DC editors or the writers' mouth, you know. And so James Robinson saying this was my idea and DC just agreed with it. Um, this definitely, it's funny because I normally be like no way, except that it's kind of like if you've ever read anything James Robinson wrote before, this. Definitely seems like something he would have suggested, so it feels kind of natural and not as shoehorned in as all that. I mean, obviously, the the panel of him kissing the guy is meant to kind of be like, yo, but, you know, 
it's, it's it's actually interesting that they're making him openly gay rather than just doing another yet another uh, closeted. I gotta hide this from everyone. Think it's, yeah, he's already out there. He's happy. Yeah, exactly. And I like care. I like how sassy his uh, boyfriend is on the page before. Like that's the sassiest pose ever for somebody getting off a plane. Like I never do the you know three quarter turn swivel salty eyes to my fiance whenever she gets off a plane. <laughs> I just kind of hug her. Maybe, but, maybe you should. Yeah, I got you know what maybe that maybe that's why I'm not a multi billionaire. You know. Because uh, you're a train victim. Well, maybe you know? Angela should do that for you. No, it's not. As, it's not. As, it's not as sexy if a guy's not doing it. It's kind of like. <laughs> okay. Fair it looks enough. like more. Than, it looks but more. In, in that situation. In that situation, if she was my, you know, multi-billionaire Asian boyfriend, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But in this case, I'm the Asian boyfriend. In all cases, I'm always the Asian boyfriend. You Role know, play. <laughs> you know, uh, it, I also want to kind of discuss if you've seen it, uh, how, the cover for the next issue where we get to see Alan Scott's new costume. I mean, what, what do you think of that? It's all on fire. You don't really get to see a lot of it in that. I know they have some, there's some promos, right? Like, think of the back of the issues. I can't remember where they do show a few of the designs, right? And you kind of see more of it there. It looks basically like, it looks like somebody's like, Alan, Alex Ross's design was great. Let's do that, but a little shittier. And it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> he ends up with like, a little shittier. He's like ribbed condom or like a, he's wearing like fish scales or something. But I'm sure it'll look better in motion when Nicholas Scott's drawing it. So I said that, and then she definitely drew an issue of Superman, and she fucked up his new costume more than I can imagine it would have been fucked up. But yeah. I kind of think it's interesting that they're uh, more emphasizing uh, the fact that he is the Green Lantern, not the multicolored lantern. Yeah, I think it's cool that they're complete. They're, I mean, they've done. You know, James Robinson, even personally himself, made a real hardcore effort to separate Alan Scott in a very specific way towards the end of his runs on those characters and stuff. And um, uh, so it's cool that he's like, no, no, this is a completely different universe. This is a completely different Green Lantern. And it's interesting to say that, oh, this is an iconic character that's turning gay, et cetera, et cetera. And people are like, ugh, he's not iconic. And it's like, I mean, he is within the comics community. There's a certain amount of like, he was the first Green Lantern. He was. He is one of the oldest active superheroes, um, you know, still around and stuff like that. So it doesn't make you iconic. That just makes you notable. No, but that's that's what iconic is. BT dubs. But yeah, I mean, it's like it's not like iconic doesn't mean he's the best ever or he's the most ever. But it's iconic in terms of like he for people who read comics who are invested in DC history. We're like, oh yeah, Alan Scott, Alan Scott is like who let the dogs out. You know it, but you don't know it. He's more like a swing song that you've heard in every single movie you've ever seen, you know, or like he's more like a, a song that Moby would sample or something like, oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah, that's that old song that I love. You so know, he's like, like, he like the Wilhelm scream. He, well, no, because he's not as commercial. So, cause he's not he's not everywhere. He's not used as an in-joke. He just kind of has always existed and, and has always been kind of like revered as a stately character. Every, you know, 10 years or so, somebody or five years or so, some. Some DC's like, well, we've got to do something. So somebody comes in and gives him even more magical strength than he had before, and that's been going on for a while now. So I don't know. I, you know, you know, he's 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 the standard in the DC universe, whether we kind of like it or not. Same thing is like Nightwing. Like to say Nightwing is Nightwing iconic. Would you say Nightwing was iconic? Well, I mean, Dick Grayson is definitely iconic, but I mean, is Nightwing iconic? Uh, I don't know. Maybe at this point, maybe he's got like four years of history, right? So maybe. Four years? 40, 40, I said. But, you know, Alan Scott is, you know, he's got almost 100 years of history. He's as old as Superman. He was the first Green Lantern. He was out of print for, like, 40 of those years, though. I don't know, 40, but he was out of print for a good, like, maybe 10, 
years. I don't know if it, was, it wasn't even really consecutive and stuff, but the same can be said for a lot of characters, you know. I mean, and, I mean, I mean, like if you want to make the case for Alan Scott versus Nightwing, which is obviously just a name you threw out, but like Nightwing's been in cartoons and stuff. People know people have heard of Nightwing, possibly. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's one of those like it was just which is one of the other reasons why it's really odd that DC rebooted everything because they kind of developed this narrative across all their franchises of where these characters end up. You know, I mean, you do see back Barbara Gordon show Barbara Gordon show as Batgirl, but you also see her. There's you know every single iteration of the future she's in a wheelchair. You know, I mean, even in uh, you know what's his name Grant Morrison's Batman Beyond the Damian Six 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 future she's in a wheelchair and stuff. So it's like, and she's commissioner, which is like whatever you know. So there's like definitely like a weird like um kind of with night every, you know you've definitely now he now Dick Grayson's become Nightwing in almost every cartoon he's shown up on since fucking eight Batman animated series Batman, right I mean, yeah. and Teen Titans he turned into Nightwing and the Batman he turned into Nightwing and his new cartoon he currently is Nightwing I mean you know so kind of like I guess so but Alan Scott's more historically significant stuff. right I mean he is historically significant you know he was. So sad to say. It is kind of like funny that everybody's like, oh, Green Lantern's gay. That's great. I think that's maybe one of the reasons why DC didn't do that, that big of a push for it, because it's confusing enough as it is. It was like when they killed Spider-Man a couple of years ago, the death of Spider-Man. I mean, well, it's not really the death of Spider-Man. It's kind of the death of one of the multiple reality Spider-Mans that we have. But it is a high-selling comic. You know, like People do like it. It, it, it. it is a Peter Parker. It's kind of like, okay, whatever. And to say Spider-Man's being replaced by a black kid, it's like, is he? No, he's, he's not really. Like, He's got 75 titles currently running, and in one of them, in a universe that does not even really count anymore, he's being replaced by a black Puerto Rican kid. So, but still, it's not. It's not to say that I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you you start with the change in the alternate universes, then you work your way to the main universe. Just I don't know, whatever. It's kind of like it is a little whatever. I mean, it's kind of like it's funny because this is just Earth Two and Alan Scott is in just an unenviable, unenviable position where they have a legitimately progressive writer who's who's given free reign over the characters who does this thing, which is great, but the problem is he's, it's like he's within a vacuum of like, you know, this is not being done at the other side of the, the pond. This is not being done on the significant quote-unquote side of the company. You know, like, people aren't being given a frame reign. You don't have these progressively-minded guys who are interested in doing something like this. It's kind of like that whole Catwoman number zero cover. It's like sort of more controversy with how sexist the DC universe is, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, it's sexist, and yes, it's anatomically incorrect, and it is. You know, one of the argument is like, well, so what? Like, who cares? Like, cheesecake has got a place too. It's true, but it's one of those things where it's like, is it nice that Gillen March draws some sexy, sexy ladies? Yeah, I mean, do is there definitely is there something wrong with liking sexy, sexy ladies? I mean, no. If you're into that, then sure. The problem is like, if that's all there is in the industry, then it's it's an unfortunate March is in an unfortunate position where he happens to be the best at drawing something that um you know nobody should be drawing anymore right now. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, well, you're great at that, but we have a lot of it right now. And Alan Scott's in the opposite position. You know, he's, it's something that's really cool, but has almost an undue amount of pressure on it. Like, it can't really be as organic as it wants to be because of the nature of the beast, which is sad. But what are you gonna do? I mean, DC needs to make Superman gay. That's all I'm saying. They they at least started somewhere good. They started on Earth two with with the Green Lantern. You know they could have started on Earth fifty seven with uh with the Elongated Man or something. Yeah, but technically speaking, that's that is what they're doing. I mean, how many Earths are there? And so you know, I don't know why they don't just make Batman gay. He's had like nine love interests in the last couple of years, and none of them have been any good. Jezebel Jet, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> and then every other character, every single title that's going now, he's got a, another girlfriend. They're all completely stupid, you know. And then he's also going to start hanging out with the girl with the dragon tattoo and Scott Snyder's, you know, quote-unquote groundbreaking run. <laughs> they, they could do Wonder Woman. I mean, 
there's kind of been like you know little things here and there that people come to. Many times, Wonder Woman has unfortunately been limited by which of the other two members of the Trinity she's been dating for the past you know fifty, sixty years. So, it, it, they're the perfect excuse. I mean. It's reasonable to assume that an Amazon raised entirely on an Amazonian island with women, you know, playing her bondage games, you know. Yeah, but if you're following Wonder Woman, you know that, you know, her, you know, inexplicably her, her, her the Amazons have not been just hooking up with Amazons for the past uh, couple hundred years. Well, she somehow I, misses when they all go out on huge fleets and, you know, rape and kill ships full of men. But I don't know why, but, you know, I'm sure Brian Azarel cares enough to tell us eventually, right, Brandon? I was just going more than the assumption right. of... I was just going more to the assumption of if we started the reboot off fresh and that's the direction they decided to take. I just, I, I mean, it's like, no. Because then it's kind of like, just it seems like for the sake of argument, and the characters really should have interdependence from one another, you know? I mean, they so should have Earth too. Uh, I like it. Good issue. I'll read it. I thought, I thought it was terrible. Like, it, like yeah. no one thought it was absolutely dreadful. Nope. I didn't like all the Jay Garrick stuff was actually really bad, which I was kind of surprised at because he was the stuff like the last issue. It was like nothing in here is new, absolutely. Yeah, I was really disappointed by the way they just demonstrated its powers and stuff. It was kind of like that's all you got. Well, that's how a normal person it's would start. Would, would start by checking their powers. They run. No, they that's run. not what I mean. I mean, be, we've seen it so many times. Like we've seen it, you and I. So why just do something cool and new with it? Don't don't just. It feels like he was kind of running the clock out. You know, like, oh, I need a J issue. Okay, he fights rats. Okay, he runs across the world. Okay. And then, oh, yeah, guess what? His costume disappears when he needs it to. It's like... Yeah. Whatever. And then the way he, not he saves the day by... Like, years from now, years from now, we're going to look back at this issue and say, Jay Garrick's origin is tied to saving a couple from rats. Yeah, weird... Yeah, rats. I think that was, again, just some world building they threw in there, and you get, like... Like, oh, I probably should have just done something else, you know? <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, well, I think once they, we'll really get some good stuff once it gets past the world building and we get to the actual characters and to the main stories. Yeah, well, you know, well, maybe that, that should happen sooner than later is what I'm saying. I don't think it'll take that long. You know, a few issues. Go on. You feel any way about this issue? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I don't know. I, I talked about it on another show already, so like I don't know what to say. But I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I don't know. I liked I liked Jay Garrick. Obviously, some of the some of the parkour stuff was a little weird. And yes, that I guess the fact that his first successful stopping anything evil was a bunch of rats who are theoretically from apocalypse. But um, I I, I did like the Mister Terrific versus Mister Terrific thing. I, I guess I wish I'd, we'd seen more of that because like oh. Mr. Terrific's book is canceled. Let's put him in Earth Two. Um, but, but yeah, like I guess I don't know. I guess we're we're a Green Lantern show. We didn't get much of of Green Lantern in this issue. So we will next issue. We will next issue. You know that that person. Oh, unless he's really dead and that. He's <laughs> dead. Dark ending. That'd be great. No, like Alan Scott isn't Green Lantern anymore. It's like it's like just it's some other guy. It's like, we'll show Alan Scott as a red herring, or like like the the the, the Asian boyfriend. Is actually Green Lantern. That would be amazing, actually. I would love that. <laughs> you know, I, I, like, I mean, there, you know, there's people who definitely suggested that we don't know the nature of the powers, so there's no reason to assume the boyfriend's going to be out of the picture. I mean, you know, it could just be that's what the flames are, I guess. But it doesn't really matter, honestly. It's kind of like speculating for the point. For the that's point really, really wrong. Yeah, it's speculating the, for the to sake, make sake him the flames. Wow. 
Well, you could always. I mean, there's there's no reason that it can't be. That sounds somehow. like a bleeding cool comment. You, you know, he always did have the green flames. Well, it's not about no. I mean, I was hoping we could avoid stupid flame wood jokes and stuff. But you know, it's like um, no, it's not about that. It's just the idea of like we don't know necessarily that there won't be some kind of supernatural element to his powers and stuff. And is guilt going to be a part of it? And is that going to manifest as an actual physical thing, et cetera, et cetera? And we know he's supposed to be able to create stuff out of thin air. So, cause he's done that before with contracts and stuff. So it's one of those, like, I, I, mean, I mean, the star heart's always been kind of magic, you know, so it's not really all that out of place. I'm just saying it's going to come up. I don't know how, but whatever. Anyway, 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 uh, I think we've said all we can really say and more. Uh, so I guess we should talk about the other thing we're going to talk about. This is, is oh, I, I did want to mention one thing, though. Of course you did. Oh, well, you were, you mentioned uh, the uh, jumping of uh, Mr. Terrific from uh, his own series, Stars 2. I want to say that's one kind, of, one kind of thing I really like about what they're doing with uh, the new 52 so far. It's like even when a book gets canceled, they're at least trying to do some things to the characters that get left behind rather than just yeah. oh, shoving them like off the throwing, ends of Like the throwing earth. OMAC into, into Justice League International. <laughs> Canceling that. And no, getting I, a zero I, issue. I pre- and not to pick on what you're saying, I appreciate that you're that that's something they are sort of doing. Unfortunately, the the, the universe is only a year old, and they've canceled like a significant portion of their line. Like, and the idea of like, oh, they're still going to use them. It's like, but you know, it's not even a year, and they've canceled them, and they're using them in other titles. It's kind of like it seems more like a desperate switch around than anything. Like, it makes it w- it would be more impressive. If it's like, all right, Omak got canceled. Well, we're actually going to be using Omak the next couple of months, and oh, that got canceled. Okay, well. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, sometimes difference is there. You're, you're talking about you're just you're talking about switching. The difference there is it's a solid difference. That's yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't hear much of a difference there. Then actually, if you don't, <laughs> I think um, well, that's like the idea, I'm just saying the idea is that it's it's nice that it's happening, but it's definitely not it's not actually as artful as all that. It's not like they're like, you know what? We got to respect the fact that people like Hawk and Dove. It's like, no, you probably should just leave them alone. You know, like, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Sir Ben, what were you saying the difference was? Well, I was going to, because he mentioned OMAC and it's like, then Dio, the co-publisher of this company, you know, was writing that book. You don't see static running around. Hawk and Dove aren't popping up in every other book, you know? So it's clearly favorites being involved here. And, you know, like, there's a reason for that, you know. Ivan Brandon isn't going to be on a new 52 title anytime soon, despite having the most critically acclaimed book that yeah, guy can. Absolutely. I mean, the argument is you could say, like, yeah, they, they realized that OMAC had a niche and was a popular enough book, critically sort of, amongst certain people. And we could, and we don't have a character like OMAC, so we throw him in there. But it's like, but it's the Hulk, guys. Like, it's the fucking Hulk. Like, you know, like, just, you know, like, it's the fucking Hulk, and it's written by the publisher. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> But I mean, I, I mean, it's more. It'd be more impressive if they, if they let these properties lie and then rebooted them in a different way. You know, like there's no reason Hawk and Dove has to suck. It just did. You know, I and mean, there's no reason that Static has to suck. It just did. I mean, you know, those things could be awesome. Why just make them awesome? You know, and I think it's it's not. I don't like I said. I don't think it's it's not artistic. It's just a matter of kind of like not wanting to appear wrong is what it is. They're so desperate to not be wrong. That they're like, no, Max, great. Let's put him in. I wouldn't. Here. I wouldn't have a problem. And I'm sorry, we're going long on this, but I wouldn't have a problem with Omac or Static showing up if you know you had a story to tell. Just throwing him in the Justice League International doesn't do good for the character or the story that was going on in that book. It just it, it seems really forced. But I think 
to continue using them is, is a good idea. That book sucked enough as it is. It didn't need Omax sucking up even further. <laughs> he is. Just, just shut up. I'm just saying. We can move on now, Kuhan. Okay, so now let's move on to uh, to the other thing that we're going to talk about. Uh, I say thing because it's not a comic book. It's it's the Green Lantern animated series. And I guess you guys talked about issues... Uh, issues. <laughs> See? Already thinking comic. You guys already talked about episodes 3 through 7 or whatever, right? So we're doing, we're doing 8 through 13, I believe, this this episode. Yeah, it sounds like we're talking about the whole goddamn thing. Finish, <laughs> finish season 1. It's half, half, half the thing. Um, so, uh, so episode eight is called Fear Itself, and it is, um, I guess Kilowog gets mind-controlled and has to fight Hal, who is on oh, yeah. some squid guys. I forgot about that, and then Kilowog meets a, a woman who looks just like his race, and, um, because the show, because, you know, the, the, the MO for the DC animated universe is to not establish who the characters are now. You know, casual fans spend the entire episode assuming she is the member of Kilowog's race because they look so inexplicably the same because we don't know anything about Kilowog's race. And we're told that, oh, yeah, they're also all dead and Kilowog's the last one. And she's, I guess she's not Kilowog's race. That's never made clear in the episode. No, she, I, she, she doesn't look like him. She just Kilowog's happens to be big and looks like a hippo. I think she looks just like him. She, not, she I, definitely, I, I think like you're him. blind. She doesn't have, have mouth dicks. She if doesn't you, have mouth dicks. Neither does Kilowog in this in this uh, TV well, he, show. The facial structure is different. The, the skin tone is different. That's, you can, yeah, they're, so you're saying the facial structure... So what you're saying is that a black woman is a different race than you. <laughs> no, shut different species. up. Shut <laughs> up. She has a different facial structure and a different skin color, Colton. I'm saying specifically, if you told me that that was the female version of Kilowog's species, if I told all of you that that's... Oh, that's actually... This is a photo of Kilowog's wife that he remembered before she exploded. You all wouldn't be like... Absolutely not. That's clearly a completely different species. You'd be like, it looks yeah. like a different species to me. Uh, not, not to, not to me, or probably most people that watch it. Not, I, yeah, she, she looks like a is like the same species. Just oh, what? Different, same every, every every big alien looks the same to you? No, no but it's she, not. Again, no. every alien it looks similar. Like the squids don't look like Kilowog. I was confused about the squids. I was confused about the woman <laughs> who looks just like Kilowog. And they had to make it look certain amount like Kilowog because there's no way they're gonna have Kilowog. Well, they might have Kilowog date a hot lady. They would never have Hal date. Kilowog's girlfriend in this episode because of whatever. That would be a nice touch. Um, but they needed to make him look similar enough so you wouldn't be like, uh, are they even compatible physically? Like, you know, does he even have dicks on his dick instead of just his mouth? Like, does but he have a not just, just, does that really cross your mind when you're watching it? Are they it the physically shit. compatible? Oh, no, it, it did to me, yeah. Because I've had problems with this show's quote-unquote science from the get-go. Like, it's never been consistently... Like, what the hell's going on? I mean, even the episode where the episode I like the best of the whole series, probably one where they're just trying to get that ship out of the black hole, they're constantly changing the rules on the fly. And it's one thing suspension disbelief, okay, false gravity in space, okay, they can hear each other magic rings, okay, but if you establish rules, stick to it. So if you have Kilowog show up on a planet and is like, I'm gonna put my dick in that lady, it's like, how do you even know she has somewhere to put one in? Like, if I went to a planet and there was a dog, she has a mouth, if there was um, (laughs) there. If there was a planet I went to, and there was, like, a dog lady who's, like, <laughs> slamming, like, had a dog's head, but otherwise was a regular woman, you, the first thing you'd be like is, like, You can go Yo, balls deep only once? You can't do that. You can't do that. Like, you know, because whatever. You know, or if I was, you know, if I was a female and I saw a dog man, I'm like, gotta get on that. You're like, no, he has needles that come out of his penis when he inserts it in you, because that's how dogs work. Like, <laughs> wanna... even imply that they did anything. He just Well, I'm just saying, I'm saying that's why she looks so similar to him. I think it's confusing, and I think that ends up kind of making a problem on the show, and I think uh, 
I like Hal's the strategy, like right, pull and throw, <laughs> or that's not Hal's strategy. That's Kilowog strategy, right? Like it's, that's it's almost like the like it's like wildly offensive. That's like dude, that's our that's our that's like, like that, that's Hal's dating strategy, pull and throw. Lame, bro. Um, it was I don't know. It's one of those episodes where it's like, why does this this show is CG and technically has an unlimited budget? Why is it ever just so like a cheap sixty Star Trek episode? Like it takes place in the same three rocks. Like you can't just computer generate some more rocks or something like it's probably cheaper to keep the same rocks every species they don't have houses they all live in caves like every species they visit on every planet is in caves and stuff and plus i don't know the kilowog love story is kind of weak whatever there were houses on Islande's planet that's right there was like structures yeah, yeah. their planet was actually like uh not in the 1919 wow like 1600s <laughs> which is which just reminds me of why did um how come I always ask this and nobody ever gives me an answer? How come the Owens have so much city on their planet? Like, who lives there? Green Lanterns, I'm sure. There's only like three thousand Green Lanterns, and there's only like eight Guardians. That's three thousand and eight people on a on a city planet. Like, that is such a huge waste of resources. Like, what do they do with all that stuff? Who? I mean, like, do people live there? Do people pay them rent? Is that how they're able to afford whatever? That's a whole other question. Who do you guys like the Guardians? Reynolds. power. I think this episode is it's, it's kind of cool because you get to see. Hal on Kilowog fight, um, but Hal completely destroys him, and it's it's really funny because I think this and a couple other episodes are all like, look how tough Kilowog is, and it's one of those like the Wharf effect they call it on them. Was that website? The Wharf effect is what they call it, and it's, the idea is like you have this really tough dude like Kilowog, and you have someone beat him up to show how tough they are and stuff. And so this episode kind of is predicated on the idea that Kilowog's tougher than Hal, and Hal kind of embarrasses him. So it's like, all right, well. There, hand in your tough guy card, Kilowog. And like the next three episodes, he keeps doing tough guy stuff. He's like, no, I I saw you get beat up by that guy. That's like a third of the way. No, I'm so tough. I'm going to beat up this rock monster. No, you cannot beat that rock monster. Like, I saw that guy with the staff beat your ass two weeks ago. And now I saw Hal do it. No powers. Completely kick your ass. But whatever. And this yellow energy thing is a little confusing because I was under the impression that. Which again, this is all. This is my real, really my fault from just following interviews and stuff. But I was under the impression that the Sinestro shit had already happened, um, and Sinestro had already gotten yellow shit, and this was all kind of after that. But I guess not. I mean, I guess they're going to kind of because they'd said that Sinestro was some. This was all post Sinestro, like all the Sinestro no, stuff had happened. So that. I, well, the interviews leading up to the show, they said that's one of the excuses. Uh, I watched the show, not the interview. Well, that's what I said. It's, it's probably my fault. It's probably my fault. But it's definitely establishes its own continuity because there's no continuity that core that's we've seen. Like it's not movie. It's not first flight continuity. You know, because you need the yellow shit in that. You know, and or an Emerald Knights. I mean, that the, the yellow shit's all in that. So um, I Maybe. think it's a, it's a loose adaption of of the first flight. Could be. It you, could, know. you could make a case Maybe for more. it being kind of the movie. You could. Well. No, because they had the yellow. Yellow energy was like half the plot of the movie. Was the actual? Well, all, all, all they would have to do next season is say, or part two of this season is say, Sinestro's just been off protecting his sector, and then he discovers the yellow energy just like Hal did. Only well, he see, chooses to harness it. Right. Well, see now here's the problem, right? Because I think all the major again, I think maybe Emerald Knights or whatever. You can probably pull it off. This might be related to Emerald Knights, but um. Um, uh, except you really can't because the Guardians are really powerful. Whatever, that's a later episode, but whatever. Um, I think it breaks continuity anyway, and this is what I was talking about before, the idea that um, they don't... The, the MO now is to not do an Oregon episode, 
because they're like, well, people have seen the movie. People have seen the other movies we've done. We did two movies with his origin. We don't need to do another one. Well, they, you know? they, I mean, they never do an origin episode, though. Right. They don't, Well, some shows they do. For Superman, they did. Superman, they did. That's it, that's it though, right? Static Shock, they did. Static... Um, for Batman Beyond, they did. I mean, there's ones that they do, origin shows. Well, I mean, Batman Titans, Beyond was, was created. Batman they Beyond had to do an origin. Yeah. They didn't have much of a choice. Static yeah. Shock, nobody knew. Well, and Superman exactly. is Superman's I mean, an exception, I guess. You know, and it's like, and team, I mean, you know, for like young, I mean, again, Young they Justice. They did a Teen no Titans origin. Well, they did a Teen Titans origin like five seasons in. Yeah, Teen Titans. And they did yeah. one eventually, and the same thing with Young Justice. Young Justice, as time goes on, they did an origin for one of the characters, but not the other ones, you know. And and, um, and the same thing with Batman the Animated Series. I mean, most characters will show up and, you know, that was kind of the probably the main example of one where they never, ever, ever even tell you that his parents are dead. <laughs> they avoid like that, like the plague of the whole show, you know, except for that one episode of justice league where they, they show his parents getting shot. But um, anyway, um, his parents are dead. So this ends up, I don't know for me, it's like as someone who's like a kind of obviously a stickler for continuity, it's what they're really doing is they're just, they're saying, you know what? People know the origin. So we're going to skip the first half. And I always thought this was a silly idea. Like origin movies are the worst. It's like, well, no, because most superheroes lose all their thematic storylines after the first origin. It takes years for these characters to get a significant storyline. I mean, like, Hal Jordan, all of his major storylines have all been, you know, the last 10 years. I mean, you know, he's had other cool storylines, whatever, but emotional, actual storylines the last 10 years. I mean, if you wrote homes and shit like that during his career, White Temples and that kind of shit. But, you know, I mean, you're talking about a character who has six years of history. Had one so good story and then just has adventures and stuff. And I'm just saying, like, I, it's like a piece of the puzzle that they take away from us. And I think it's stupid. Like, would it really well, hurt us? They're to- not taking it off the table. They're, they could just be delaying it. Like I said, they could go to Emerald Knight's route where Sinestro is still a Green Lantern. Exactly. But then they kind of they they throw us headfirst into the, the show, like, no, assuming we know a lot of the rules. And then they kind of just modify the rules as the show goes. And I don't, it's, it's, for me, that's not a very organic way of storytelling. It's, it's kind of a half assed way of being like, well, we want to set this up for syndication, even though it's a continuing story and stuff. It, it's, I don't know, it's a little half-assed to me. I think that's, that's they'll tell you all kinds of bullshit, but that's the real reason. I mean, they, they don't like to do these serialized <laughs> first pilots because it fucks up syndication. Like, you can watch any episode of Batman Beyond in order, except for the first two, you know? And you can, same thing with Superman. You can watch any episode of Superman except for the first, like, six, you know? And, 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 and Justice League, the same thing. So, either way, I don't know. It was, I, I didn't really like this episode. So, uh, in love and war. Oh, love and war. Uh, that's the one where the Star Sapphire show up. Whatever. Yeah, this episode was a fucking mess, like absolute mess. I'm glad <laughs> I love, I love Eric is the only one that can talk. Anybody want? Anybody else besides Eric want to say something before yeah, he shits on the episode? Uh, not this one. Okay, huh. Colton. I would be surprised. Do you want to say anything? Uh, pretty colors. Oh god. Okay, I'm Eric. Really what was wrong with this episode? I'm really sorry. I thought Brandon really liked this episode because of the Star Sapphire Carol Ferris thing. Oh, that was the episode. I like I like the Star Sapphires. I just don't like what happened. Yeah, it's definitely a very. I think it's a pretty weak episode because it it kind of like. It's a little. It doesn't. I don't it's, know. It didn't really make any sense. I do you know? What'd you say? Yeah, I said it's not really clear what they what their goal was. It's yeah, like, like what are they? Use hell, but. Keep them in a crystal because why? What are they? Yeah. And at the end of the episode, it's like, okay, so Hal got away. All right, we still got thousands of people in these crystals. I know it's like the, it's, it's it's like a huge like hole in the whole thing, and it's it's like the confusion is pretty heavy. And then I think 
just having Carol show up and, you know, be super jealous and stuff, it's a little, like, reductive. And it's kind of like the worst case scenario for the Star Sapphires, you know, because the Star Sapphires have all, the Star Sapphire herself has always been a problematic character. Because when she first showed up, it was kind of cool because it was the idea that these Amazonian type aliens, you know, like, created this champion and, and just Carol Ferris just happened to look like her, which is stupid, but whatever. It was the 60s. And, like, you know, oh, you got to fight. And her, she herself was like, I can only be awesome if I defeat Hal Jordan. And then it became, okay, fine. But then it became this weird, twisted, like, anti-woman thing where over years she became this horrifying, like, representation of, like, womanhood out of control. Like, you know, like, she's always on her period. You know, like, the, <laughs> the, the, the dark thing. Wait, you be a Red Lantern then? Shit. Yeah, you know, it's like, and and then it was like this disgusting misogyny for years and years and years, and then it kind of just like went away, and then it got even worse when she killed Kat Matui, and then it went away again, and then Jeff Johns brought it back, like, I'm going to revamp it by making it completely passively misogynist as opposed to actively misogynist. Oh, wait, no. Okay, now it's actively misogynist, you know, and they had a really good opportunity to kind of revamp the whole thing in a way that wasn't so condescending. But they do want him, it's the same plot for every episode. He shows up on a planet, he thinks everything's cool, turns out it's not cool, and he gets away at the end. So they were like, at least they set them up as threats, but it was, I don't know, the whole thing didn't really make any sense. It was like, why didn't they see through their plan sooner, et cetera, et cetera? Like, why were they, exactly what Brandon was saying, what the fuck was their plan, you know? Like, and if at the end of the episode everything's kind of men's amends, then why don't you, you know, why don't they go after Hal? I mean, there's all kinds of problems in this episode. Like, it's a fucking mess. Fucking I'm mess. still confused because um, this this episode takes place directly after the last episode, and it's like, is Kilowog's girlfriend actually a Star Sapphire? I'm not yeah, really I thought sure it was like, a, exactly, like, wasn't there the thing where they make you see fantasies? And I'm, I spent literally the entire episode until like the last frame being like, yeah, hey, I was super confused. I'm like, is that, did that happen? Is she a star? Or is she just, I don't know. Is she his wife? I was, I was still wasn't even sure whether or not she was his wife or not. <laughs> I was I pretty sure, but I, I believe she got a ring. We saw a whole scene about that. I think they did. And I think it's cool that they brought it up. It's cool that they brought it up and it's cool that they had continuity. It's a little awkward that it's the episode right after the other one because it doesn't seem like so much they were referencing continuity as they were just kind of like piggybacking, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. The next episode, I, I can't the remember. Does rep- reference, reference continuity. The next episode is the one where uh, uh, Queen Iolande's brother takes the tries to take the throne back over. Yeah, I don't remember. Almost, I remember almost nothing about this episode. I watched it pretty recently again. And I don't, Regime I change. Really so I, I mean, I watched it today. So, um, so yeah. So her brother, whose name I am not remembering right now, decides this fight. Uh... <laughs> I'm gonna become a. I'm gonna become a Red Lantern, and he becomes it's a Red good, Lantern. That, that was a logical. Yeah, that was a logical extension of yeah. what happened. Yeah. So, know, yeah. So it's it's it's, it's, a, it's basically a sequel to episode episode five, I think. So he he becomes Red Lantern and then takes over the throne and then the heroes stop him. Yeah, they fight him, right? I think yeah. they fight him. So basically, around around this time in in Young Justice, around this episode, like episode nine <laughs> and ten, that's where the show started picking up, right? Like like episode the first five or six episodes, I was just kind of getting bored with the show, but like around episode eight nine, like I'm like, all right, this is this is I'm in, I'm totally in, and here in Green Lantern, I'm just like, I guess they fought him. You know what? I kind of liked it because I think they, they brought in, I think, I don't know if that's Skalax, but I think every single freaking Red Lantern besides, um, Bleeze is Skalax. So I'm just going to say that guy's Skalax. <laughs> um, and Bleeze showed up. And I think, I, this is the one I think where they had the flashback where they showed you the Manhunters actually torturing 
the 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 sector, and I think this is the one where they confirmed, and there was some yeah, yeah, interpol yeah. interpolitical bullshit with the guardians and stuff like that, and Gantz got kicked out. Yeah, this, this is the one where Gantz got kicked kicked out, and then they the blue thing, and everybody gets all supercharged. Yes, is this the one where they get supercharged at the end? Yeah, yeah. isn't it? Uh, I don't remember. Wow, Ragnar was the guy's name. Um, but I don't remember. I'm pretty sure well, I feel like they supercharged. Not remembering this episode at all. Hold on, let me let me go through real quick. Yes, this is the one that got supercharged at the end. Yeah, well, that, that was, that's definitely pretty random. <laughs> For sure. Cause, cause, they they uh, do it twice, and one of them is in the last episode. So right. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, like, it's, it's the same episode where Ganta gets banished at the same episode where they get supercharged at the end. So. Yeah, this And this one is with St. Walker on the Mountain, right? Um, yeah. No. Was that the episode no. before? No, that was this. No, no, that's, that's, that's later a different episode. Okay, never mind. And, uh, you know, it's, it's also, like, I guess this is definitely, like, you know, I, I think we talked about it last time. This is becoming like the Razor show, and it, this is kind of a Razory episode, right? Because they show the Liberator show up again. And Razor has like a problem with it, but yeah, it's kind of like a whatever, whatever, you know. And then Appy Aliopsa, poor Appy Aliopsa is getting the short end of the stick in all these adaptions. It is Scalix. Sorry, I was on the internet. It is Scalix. Well, Appy Aliopsa, feel- he's always been a villain. Yeah, but when he first showed up, he wasn't because he was he was the old timer. He was the guy who first traveled with. They could use uh, Krona. Right, but I mean, the idea is always is Who always. Knows what Krona is. Yeah, nobody's gonna do Krona. The idea is always if 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 a character in the show is App Aliapsa for now on, it's, he's gonna be the bad guardian. Yeah, it's funny that it's like, like it's, it's like the good one's the always guardian. gonna be Ganthet. Like it's yeah. So and, and like, and, no, and, no, I don't think that hindered the episode. I don't think it hindered no, it either. He just, no, he just, saying, just, just, just he's just saying poor App Aliapsa. It's like whatever, man. <laughs> he became evil. His fault. <laughs> yeah, I think, and it's 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 funny because I think. You know the blue stuff showing up and the pink lantern and the red. I don't know. Like it bothered me in the comics. At least it's happening a little bit more organically in the movie, right? But I mean the movie. I'm sorry, the show. But it, I don't know. It's kind of like it feels like deal with this. Deal with the rings at hand. You know, it's kinda, and it, it definitely was one of those things where once they got powered up, I was like, well, this is how they solve the problem at the end of the season, which we'll see at the end of this episode is how they solve the problem at the end of the season, and it's kind of like a cop out. You know, Alex, I hate that fucking bullshit Dragon Ball Z like the guy shows up it's like I have power level 4 well I have power level 5 and then he kills him it's like well I have power level 6 you know it's like okay shut the fuck up you know like I can't stand that shit Deus Ex Machina that's what it is thank you that would be that would would be that would be uh, Aya um you ever anybody watch that show Girls on HBO yes obviously absolutely come on it's Brandon what do you think Lena Dunham oh I love her Hey, so um, before you Wait, guys start so, talking about girls, so we're not really going to talk about girls. Really? <laughs> you're, 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 you love her, but are you in love with her? Episode it's, it's, eleven. Oh, wait, it's reference. Okay, reference. Hold on. Hold on. Eric is going to say Eric's gonna say something that has to do with something as opposed to just talking about girls. I really do. I swear. There's an episode of Girls where one of the characters is supposed to have an abortion and inexplicably doesn't show up for it and then goes and has sex with a guy in the bathroom. And then, you know, she got her period while she was fucking around. So she's like, great, I don't have to have the abortion I had in this character. And then this guy on the website called it Deus Esque Miscarriage. But that was fucking hilarious. So it wasn't related. Okay, episode 11 is called Flight Club. <laughs> I can't believe you fell for that. Why would and, you even, why and, let me talk? And I believe, like, I believe, I don't know, I didn't actually watch this episode, so I think... Flight Club. Thanagarians, maybe? Thanagarians show up. Yeah, this is where they break into that prison that they, for some reason, let that little slimy guy run, even though he was a prisoner there. And uh, the Thanagarians are... It was a little confusing for me. Having a Fight Club and 
somehow they have to get involved in the fight club because one of the Thanagarians has codes in his head. And I appreciated them using Thanagarians because, you know, it's pretty much there, the Klingons, whatever. But, you know, I don't know. Thanagarians are cool. I like guys in Hawkeye's and not using Hawkman. It's funny how the Thanagarians show up more than Hawkman does. Like, you, it's like, it's, it's kind of like a guarantee you'll see the Thanagarians, but it's not a guarantee you're going to see Hawkman in any of the DC animations, you know? It's pretty funny. But, um, this is another episode. This was the definitive episode where Kilowog is not allowed to say his stuff anymore. Because yeah, you get I was just going to mention that. This was it. This is where you lose respect for Kilowog. Getting a fist fight with a dude and just straight up lost. Like, no cheating, no advance or butts. The guy just beats him up. And he was handicapped. And he was handicapped. And then Hal beats him in like two seconds and stuff. And it's like, well, to be fair, Hal did take advantage of the handicap. It doesn't matter. Um, Why didn't Kilowog? Like, what? Kilowog didn't know. Kilowog got his ass beat is the point. You know, it's very much like. And then that's a character we're never going to see again. Some big dude on some planet just straight up one-on-one fist fight defeated one of your leads. He is not a tough guy anymore. He should be in the back. He should hang out in the ship when the robot and Razor go on the mission and shit, you know? Because Razor's got a better uh, win ratio than he does. I'm just saying. Your batting average is, is weak. Plus, it was definitely kind of a nonsense episode. It was definitely a little all over the place. And they, again, the same thing. Like, they use the same prison set they use in, like, four episodes. And it's like, how do you have sets on a fucking cartoon, you know? <laughs> Which makes sense. I mean, you're saving money, but still, you know, like, really? Just recolor it or something. But anyway. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure they just save the uh, the whole setup and then they reuse it in later files. It's just the whole thing's laid out already. Right, he's saying, he's saying just recolor yes. it. Throw, exactly. throw a we green filter over it or something. Make it like Sons of Anarchy when they go to Ireland. Make it like a 90s video game where it's the same place but slightly recolored. Yes. Yeah, just do, like I said. Yeah, you, like, no, yes, exactly that. Do that. Yeah, like, come on, Sons of Anarchy. Just, they go to Ireland, even though it looks just like the same fucking California they've been at. Just, it's blue now. So it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's like, and then I guess the end, at the end, the guy escapes, and they're like, we tricked him. And I'm like, I don't know how you tricked him if he's free, and, you know, he gets caught by the Red Lanterns, and I don't know. A very kind of nonsensey episode. <laughs> Flight Club, I get it. That's the, that's, yes, because that's the name of the episode, right? Did you not watch it? Nine. I, I watched the episode, I just didn't pay attention to the title. I don't care about the title. I'm watching the episode. Anyway, you know it's funny. It's funny that um, it's called Flight Club because my DVR I called it Flight Club, but like my guide box called it Fight Club, and then every website I went to alternated between calling it Fight Club and Flight Club, and I'm like, I don't. Everything no, like I, I like the, uh, the, uh, the 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 file I got called it Fight Club, but like the actual yeah. e- episode itself says Flight Club. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, like I don't see how people the... got confused. Like it says the I'm words saying, like, Flight Club yeah. on the episode. <laughs> I can't assume all these guys who are reading I, – I can't assume there was half the people who were programming the boxes watched the episode and were like, it'd be funny if I made a flight-based pun here. Like, you know, like – and it's like – I'm like, if the pun exists, assume it's the title of the show, okay? Like, I think it's just people reading too fast when they're programming shit. I'm sure, and, yeah. Um, it's probably what it is. But like, like, you know, maybe the that, people that, That's a pun Hal Jordan would make. <clears throat> a whack-ass episode. Uh, all right. So the next episode – I guess Brandon's is not coming back. Uh, Did they just spend the entire episode looking at a, a, a asteroid and then blowing a hole in it for episode twelve? And then the big hook at the end is that the Red Guardians, the Red Guardians, the Red Lanterns get through. Yeah, this is kind of—I guess this is more like a two-part finale sort of a thing, you know? Like, yeah, basically, this is also the one where this, this is the one that ends with uh, Saint Walker on the mountain. Yes, this is the one where Saint Walker climbs the mountain and, and discovers God, etc. Et and then he and then he finds the Ten Commandments that brings him down to the people of Israel. And then you he marries Atrocitus. And he marries Atrocitus. I'm glad that they make it because of the nature of the cartoon. They have to make it explicitly less religious than Jeff Johns does because Jeff Johns has no problem whatsoever, like you know, 
with well, Judeo- that, that, that's why the 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 it's also technically I guess why the uh, the Red Lantern oath uh, removed the uh, corpse obviously the corpse line obviously and then the the hellish hate because can't say hellish. And it sounds better. It's a better oath. It is. It is a better oath. That's, that's true. Not as but... juvenile. Like and like and even the idea that the blue lanterns are called saint. It's kind of like I appreciate the merit the idea but it's like you know i don't know why you're judeo-christianing like the fucking universe bro like back off but i appreciate that this was more like a kind of like what you'd expect the kind of like you know journey of monkey like oh the 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 trip is what the the is what that you're supposed to learn etc etc and um it was kind of obvious from the get-go so um oh, i don't know like, you know who the character was of course it was obvious Having seen it, like I'm having seen this kind of cartoon a million times, I'm probably jaded. And like you said, knowing a little bit about the comic, I'm probably jaded. But it's definitely like I remember I was like groaning the whole episode, like when he's like, "I can't do it." I'm like, "I'll just go up the mountain, man. It's fucking 15 minutes. Like it's not that long. Just go." (laughs) But um, you you know, with the whole thing about uh, the whole thing about uh, names, like uh, you say, Saint Walker. uh, Maybe it's Hal's rings translating the closest approximation to an English language word he knows. I'm sure there isn't. Yes, I'm sure that's exactly what it is. But it's just problem. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's just his name is Saint Walker, and we're never like. <laughs> or it's coincidentally Saint Walker. It means something completely different. No, it's it's, it's like problem- naming your child uh, Jesus. It, it's problematic. It's Jesus. In all fairness, Saint means a very specific thing. Um, you have to get canonized and stuff. It's like, and Hal Jordan's probably aware of that. So, or at least the ring that transliterates thinks that the English is aware of the specific meaning. So the meaning is a little too specific. And those guys aren't saying they don't really. Well, I'm not. I'm not religious, so I don't really care. But they don't really qualify. It's just. It's. It's again. It's a kind of a lazy shorthand that Jeff Johns has, and it sounds cool. Um, and I, when I, I remember when I was a lot less jaded before starting this podcast, I thought the Blue Lanterns were kind of cool. It didn't bother me as much. But you know, now that I'm like an adult, now that you're actually reading them, you're like, oh man, yeah, this is like, stupid. I'm, yeah, like I'm, I'm talking about them, and I'm like an adult who's like nearly 30 talking about like the real world and being terrified of religion and stuff. It's like, I, I, you know, I don't like this, <laughs> but um, this episode was kind of like, whatever. I mean, the idea that the fleet gets through is cool. I'm very confused about traveling at all. Like I'm confused about the spatial dynamics of where all the lanterns are. The lanterns are on their way to the fleet. Is that what's happening? How come they're like, and, and I thought the ship was going to take two years to repair. Did I miss an episode where they like fixed it? So it wasn't going to take them ten years to get across the universe, like because I remember doesn't what is the the ship's name I or whatever she says like, oh hey the the magical repair thing that was magically repairing as magically repaired is like sweet great let's use the warp drive and shit but it's like I don't remember that being a thing I thought it was like it's going to take us ten years to get there and two years to repair it you know it's like well better get started like was this supposed to have taken place over like however many years that was supposed to be you know and, and good thing they have they get all the information they need and then the ship magically repairs itself it's kind of like you didn't need to throw so many obstacles about like secret codes to this I feel like we missed it I, I feel it like it was been. probably there and we missed it somewhere along the line must have been must have been explained somewhere I mean how could they get away with it if it wasn't <laughs> how could they get away with it they could oh no 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 uh, well Razor got there from the Star Sapphire. So. Yeah, but that's later. That's that's next episode. Next episode, that's how everybody gets around and stuff. And that's fine. It's also like, it reminds me of, and this is actually on topic, the uh, Buffy, the Vampire Slayer season finale number five is she's fighting an enemy that she can't defeat. And the joke of the finale is that she actually collects all the artifacts that she gained from multiple enemies. Or like if she fought like an evil troll with the hammer, she took the hammer. If she fought a dude with power balls, she took the power balls and stuff. And stuff that you kind of forgot about during the season, but the, the hook was in the finale. She remembered all that stuff, got it together, and used it all against the bad guy. And that's a cool idea. It's like Mega Man. 
you know, it's a cool idea, but problematically, um, I had the same problem with the Buffy episode I had in this one. Why does she think of it at the end of the season as opposed to when it actually happens? Like, he escapes the star fast sapphire. He's like, thank God we're out of that mess. And then he just kind of, like, flies away, like, Oh right, they can transport me across time and space in an instant. Like, why not? Why doesn't that occur to you at any point during your adventure with Star Sapphire? You know, but I mean, this actual episode, not much happens. Just kind of suspense of getting through the hole, and then the fleet shows up to set up. I think a kind of cool cliffhanger: the three of them versus the fleet, and they have no way to get across the universe. I mean, I think that was probably the best part of the episode: the cliffhanger. Um, yeah, I think that's, that was definitely a good way to end the episode, kind of like uh, the indomitable odds. You know, the Red Lantern has already proved that one on one that it's that it can be tough still, but a whole Red Lantern army, what are they supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. It's it's cool. It's cool, and I guess this is where this is like more hint. It's like weird. It's like ten episodes of hinting that I and Razor are going to date, and it's cool because it's like, yeah, he's he's definitely like a rage monster, and she's a robot, so really can't go out, but. You know, and it's creepy that she's wearing the dead face of his ex-girlfriend, but or that, that, that probably is playing his emotion a little bit. But they, they don't really draw attention to that. It's kind of like, again, this is relevant, Vampire Diaries, where you know they all go back into town. The two vampire brothers go back into town to date the 17-year-old girl who happens to look like the three, the 600-year-old vampire they used to date. Even the good guy is like, I'm dating you because you look like my ex-girlfriend. And she's like, cool beans. Like, at no point does this bother me. You know, it's like, whatever. It's, it's icky, but... Um, it's kind of like they're beating around the bush about it. I don't, I don't it, think it's his, you know, it's I, I, her direct face, though. It's, it's, like, it's close. Yeah. It's, close. it's, it's close. really, really close. The point where the only reason I think he didn't recognize is because she looks like she's wearing a Tron costume. But besides that. <laughs> you, you know, the, the thing with the. He's like, my ex wife used to wear a lot more clothes than that. I don't know why. <laughs> the, the, whole, the whole thing with dating with that thing, though, is uh, Aya is an AI. She has actual intelligence. She can grow and understand and learn and feel emotions eventually. She can cry. Build up to that. It's fine. There's, I mean, yeah, she cries, right? Somehow she also, that, that was, that was cool. I like the idea of, like, hearkening back to CGI tears. <laughs> I, like, like calling back to the, um, the two dudes on that one planet in that episode that nobody cared about, you know, and they're on Mogo, but somehow they're gotten off. Like, Mogo doesn't stop them from getting there. <laughs> like, it's like a ship shows up. Mogo's like, I'm going to keep quiet because that looks scurry. But then he shows up at the end, like, no problem. But, um, I like the idea of, like, oh, they're after the other girl, not the tough guy, even though it's kind of obvious because, the tough guy spends 10 minutes saying they're after me, which is, you know, it's like, I guess he's never watched another episode of this show. Again, the plot of every episode is they show up on the planet. Everything looks great. It's actually pretty terrible. They have to escape, you know, and it's the same thing for you. Like, it's, if, as soon as you say one thing, you know, the opposite's going to happen. But that was kind of cool. But the, the tear was stupid because it's something that I don't think most people who work in mass media understand is that your tear ducts aren't created by emotion. They're a physical part of your body. It's kind of like saying, you know, like, you you don't sweat because of magic. You know, you sweat because you have sweat glands. Like, anybody ever see Total Recall? It's like, you know, it's like, yes, she cries, and that's like a big emotional thing, because, oh, she's a real person, but, like, did she build tear ducts into her face for the ability to cry? You know? Like, she <laughs> if must she have. Can win, if she can create a body that's made out of Machine and willpower, and light. Yeah. I think she she can will herself to cry. Can you imagine if she was just like she was like she was like in there and she was like I can I have to will as hard as I can. <laughs> I like, have to cry. This tear. I need someone who might be watching offhandedly to know that I'm passively <laughs> horrified about what's happening to me. <laughs> I mean, you could always say like she pushed her will to the maximum extent, and it made 
the tears manifest, which is what we're supposed to, I guess, thing happen. But it's like it's hilarious it's to take a person. Stretch, like, yeah. I've got to use my last ounce of strength. <laughs> To I guess cry. We should talk, we should talk I, about I would assume it. the crying was unintentional while she was trying to fight. I've got to do the one Terrence Howard tear. You know, it's only it's only whoa, unintentional whoa, whoa. if she's Let's got not the take uh, shots at Terrence Howard. Oh yeah, like he takes shots at his wife. Uh, you know, it's like <laughs> only, what? Damn. It's, it's, it's it's not it's not that's the idea. It if I think we're supposed to be like she's fighting so hard she cries, but like she. I mean, yeah, okay, she built tear ducts. It's just it's just funny. It's like. You know, they did on Star Trek Next Generation. They had to point out, like, "Oh, I have tear ducts. Don't worry, it's not stupid that I'm a robot that's crying, even though it's stupid." You know? Well, to be fair, Data was try was always trying to be more and more human. That was yeah, no, thing. so that makes sense. And I guess I is the same way. You know, she, she can construct a tear. She's made of energy mostly. Just so you know, it's literally thirty years since uh, Star Trek Next Generation was on the air, and Greenland the animated series is doing that storyline. But whatever. I mean, I I think it's just it's hilarious. Hilarious! It was kind of cool, but it was hilarious. Uh, that, okay, so, so I guess we're already talking about episode thirteen. The thirteen, uh, th- yeah, that was mid-season finale, I guess, right? Now, I thought that was the season finale. Is it season Again, finale? this is the whole thing. Where, like, I don't know. I, I don't know how the, the freaking Cartoon Network schedules work anymore. It's it's pretty stupid. Yeah, Almost as dumb as Nickelodeon's. Um, yeah, but um, Kilowog is badass. Kilowog is the badass now who fights the whole fleet, and Hal goes back to the Star Sapphires, and then we spend a good 30% of the episode confused as fuck as to what's going on. Like, I was, again, as Brandon said, I'm assuming he's dreaming this whole time, but he lost his memory on Earth, and Carol doesn't think to be like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna go to lunch with you. Cool. Like, like the reason it seems so confusing is Carol Ferris is kind of an idiot, you know? And then, um, then you know, whatever Razor gets to be emotional, and it's it's kind of weird that he doesn't get more involved. In Does this, I mean, this just seem like a really small climax to this storyline, you know? I mean, we we had, like, ten episodes of this gigantic armada flying across space for only, like, you know, DSS Walker to show up and, like, you know, Kamehameha everybody, and then Mogo showed us up at Kamehameha everybody, and then, you know, Kilowog's super-duper charged and he Kamehameha's everybody, and it's like, I don't know. There's some cool shots, like, when they have the Kilowog is, they do the, the Star Trek J.J. Abrams rip-off shot where the, you know, you see Kilowog is a tiny thing. No, we see Kilowog as a tiny thing, you see the fleet coming at him, and they're shooting shrapnel at each other, and that's pretty cool, but it does kind of beg the question, is like, why didn't they annihilate, um, you know, uh, Kilowog immediately? Like, why was that a thing? And it's the same thing, as the same problem as I had with the Avengers as I had with Episode 1. Like, why did you put all of your programming for all of your machines on one central node in the middle of your fleet, which was the biggest, most elaborate ship, and then in the middle of the fighting, when everything got tough, bring that ship to the front. Like, you know, if you were a king in an army, you're like, oh man, we're having trouble. I better go in the front where all the problems are happening so that way I'll die and the army will fall apart. Like, It's, it's always safest in the front lines, man. Yeah, that's true because it really works. It, it's worked out in every single movie I can think of, including this episode. You're right. <laughs> and then Hal gets into a fist fight with uh, Atrocitus. And I appreciate that he doesn't get a magical, he doesn't get a magic mushroom or, or find a star falling out of a box to kind of get him superpowers like Kilowog does. But like, it's kind of silly that it's like, and I talked about this during the Green Lantern movie, you know, like, you know that the way a Green Lantern movie is going to end is that the main character is going to get even more willful than before. And it's kind of like, I'm just sort of disappointed they went that route, you know. Plus, why does the process all of a sudden he's honorable? He's like, no, I must fight him one on one. Like, and, and also, why? Why are, there, why are there no Green Lanterns hanging out on Oa except for Salak? 
Like, is he yeah, the only Green Lantern on Oa? 3,600 of them, you know, you figured... They're supposed to all be going to find the Red Lantern fleet, I thought. Don't they say that? And how come only these guys show up? We will send all of the Green Lanterns off-world when they're coming to invade. <laughs> yeah, like, Isn't that like the Humpty Dumpty thing? You send all of the king's horses? Yeah. And it's like... And honestly, and the Guardians have no powers. It's, it was obviously a definitive decision they made. I don't think it was suggested. I thought they had powers already in the show. And it seems like they just gave them no powers because they wanted to do... And that's, that's my big problem with it, right? Because it was a really small ending. And it's not really... It doesn't have to be... It doesn't... Not necessarily bad that it's small. I mean, Killwalk took on a whole fleet. Al got in a fist fight with Atrocitus. Everything got resolved. Um, but it's like the fact that they decided to give the Guardians no powers seems like a budget and a budget issue and an, a deliberate attempt to make everything smaller. And that's that kind of strikes me. You know, like it's it's such a such an obvious attempt to be like yeah, they would be too powerful, and you know what? We we can't do that. We have to. We're gonna write. We're gonna change stuff about their characters fundamentally. Which again, I don't really mind adaptions. If you want to say they have no powers from the beginning, I'm no problem with that. But to be like they're so weak they can't even defeat Atrocitus in a fist fight or Zelia Zox or whatever the the Madball's name is in a fist fight, um, then you're 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 completely rewriting it just to suit. Your production needs, and that—that's frustrating for me. I mean, it—it it makes it kind of lame. It just I think like, my favorite oh, thing is, is that just at the end they're like, "Oh, and also we totally trust uh, Zilli Zox to lead the uh, yeah, like <laughs> the and Red like, Lanterns, the guys that are just about to kill us. We'll just—it's cool. You can lead them. That's fine. Whatever." And it's like it's like yeah, we defeated Atrocitus, and so uh, well, you're right. Because what would it? And it's not like that fleet just wanted to kill the Guardians. Because Hal's like, you know what? It is our fault. And good for the show. For doing the Spider-Man three thing, you know, where it's like at the end, instead of being a, t- a dick and defeating the bad guys utterly, you let them go because you're like, you know what? Ultimately, I am just re- just as responsible for the situation as you are, which is fine. Except that he's not. Atrocitus used Liberators to destroy planets just because Green Lanterns were on them. Like that's not. He destroyed whole planets for spite. Like, and it wasn't like he was the only one doing it. Like Razor did it. Presumably, Zalia Zox was involved in this. It's like you're not talking about. You're not talking about ideological differences. You're talking about someone who is – it's like one of those things, okay, you want to say, okay, Al-Qaeda was created by the CIA and they, they're they they're upset because the Western powers control the Middle East. That's fine. That doesn't mean when they blow up a building, we should be like, sorry, dudes, go home. Like, you know, it's like, no, we don't well, just – Well, what did you expect to happen? This is atrocities. This is a big character. You think they were just going to write them off in the first half of the season? Well, they did, and I think I think they just – like I said, they just kept it smaller. They were like, you know what's easier than resolving all this stuff? Just having them fly away, you know, and like keeping them around for the next time. And so, And you could have kept them around. You could have just had the fleet splintered, and you could have just had a dialogue at the end where they said – we defeated the Red Lanterns. Luckily, the Green Lanterns showed up. We were able to route the defeated ones, and you know, a couple of them get away. But we've mostly see. You would have been you would have been pissed to say, "Oh, Atrocitus got away." No, no, I, I, I'm glad Atrocitus didn't get away. The problem is everybody else gets away. Like they put Atrocitus in jail, and Hal Jordan. No, they, they, don't, they don't just get away. They just like they just leave. They're like go, you yeah. can go. Just go ahead. Go. It's it's cool. Yeah, Atrocitus we'll, 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 trade embargoes and stuff. And it's like they have things called Liberators that are designed to destroy planets. That's all they do, and that's all they've been doing for almost two years, I guess, on your timeline, you know, like, you can't just be like, yeah, you know, I know you use suicide bombers as a happenstance, but I feel really bad about the thing we did to you a long time ago, so, there you go, and it's like, why are, you know, like, why are all these guys involved in a Atrocitus' crusade, I mean, you know, like, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, maybe Atrocitus, but his whole sector got wiped out, everybody else is just so pissed off at the Guardians, 
technically Hal Jordan, the only person Hal Jordan should be apologizing to is Atrocitus. Everyone else is just terrorists that work for Atrocitus, you know what I mean? Or I shouldn't say terrorists because it's such a stupid, loaded word, but like, you know, enemy combatants that just, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like Atrocitus is the one who was wrong, and so he started a horrible army that commits mass genocide to get revenge against the Lanterns. It's fine. Uh, but Atrocitus is captured, but all that's left now is the genocide army. You know, like, their impetus for being forgiven is not there. I mean, you guys know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a little, like, it was just a little pat to kind of just keep the storyline going and stuff. It's not like a tone, though, man. You, you, well, you, you, that's, not, that's not a fair answer because, you know, this, we've seen this situation come up in a lot of cartoons and being resolved a lot differently. You know, I mean, Justice League itself, you know, uh, the old spit DC comic cartoon. You won't get it going beyond that. You can find examples, but you know, like, you know what I mean? I don't know, whatever. Whatever. I enjoyed the final episode. Um, I think I thought it was the best. I don't think it. I know Kuhan's been looking for that moment where the series transcends into yeah. to a, a really great series. I don't think this was it, but I do think it was the best episode. I thought the action was done really, really well. Yeah. Um, even though we don't really know who Salak was when he shows up to defend his home turf, it's really interesting. Um, he he gets his butt kicked. And that's disappointing, but um, a lot of the action was done very well. Um, I like the slight banner between Kilowog and St. Walker. Um, I think he's like, don't trust luck, my friend. She's, uh, ah, it's, it's a great line. Go watch it. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought I thought the dialogue here was great. Um, and while the ending is not the greatest of ways to handle the situation, um, I, I thought it worked, especially for you know our first half of a season. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And and I think this by now, I'm not going to complain about the CG. Um, I know not to expect. I mean, you're 13 episodes in now. I know what to expect and what's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I know you're not going to get me a thousand constructs like you should but I know you're gonna try your best to give me at least one good action fight uh, episode and one yep. decent character moment for somebody and I, I think that's that's their uh, formula and it's working um, it could be a lot better but I think it's working yeah well I, yeah, think, I, think, I think in this episode yeah. like, stuff stuff finally like got going you know they they're done with the frontier stuff. I don't know. Maybe they might go back out to the frontier or whatever. But they're <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's mostly it's mostly point. done with that crap. Like they they don't. Star not, Trek not, not that was bad, but like you know they don't they don't have to be out there and be stuck out out there anymore. Which and, and then you know also changing everybody's stuff so that also Island whatever. Um, <laughs> you, you know. There's something that never made sense to me, the whole uh, being trapped out in the frontier thing. Because as they showed, they have this whole uh, asteroid built thing blocking the way to a quick exit to uh, to Oa, but they do realize the space is three-dimensional, right? There's yeah, not just I, one I, little I, asteroid belt that can uh, stop you from going somewhere. In the just go around it. It's frustrating, too, because the same thing happened. I mean, not to be like, totally, because you hear this a lot, and it's not the only time you see it. But like even at the end, when, when Kilowog and St. Walker and Mogor are destroying the ships, when the ship gets hit and it's commanded, it drifts and sinks and it's like why would it sink there's no gravity like it's not underwater <laughs> it's not nothing's propelling it up like that is a you, very good point i mean unless we missed like there's a star directly under them that we missed or a black maybe, hole you know, maybe maybe they just sort of hit it from the top too and it's just drifting downward exactly you can you can hit it and affect its directional but they're not their directions aren't being affected they're drifting specifically like you'll see you see the the front tip 
and swing and crash into other ones. And why would it swing? You know what I mean? Like, you're not impacting its, you're, you, the argument would be, yeah, you destroy its engines and the propulsion from destroying the engines would somehow have to, uh, these things are moving at like insane speeds because they're moving through space like ridiculously yeah. fast. Yeah, well, so, there's all the fact that Mogo just like sort of pops up, like, hold on. That's... Yeah, no gravity. Mogo just pops yeah. straight up from underneath. The... What he should have done, yeah, Mogo should have just popped into the middle of them because then that would have been a really cool, and they could have been like, and everybody would have been talking about how awesome that was because it would have affected all their gravity and they would have all just shot into Mogo at like, you know, at whatever their weight is and all these ships which can't land on planets would be destroyed like in seconds, you know, so Mogo would probably take a pretty bad hit from like, you know, dozens of ships crashing on and stuff, but that would, that would be fucking awesome. You or know? he could have just popped up in the middle and immediately started releasing omnidirectional blasts. It's just, it's, it's problematic. The whole thing is problematic. You know? Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I, I you... think, I think, I think what made it sort of, because the series has been feeling slow, it's been like just, oh, oh yeah. whatever, this is happening. Oh, now they're back to that prison, whatever. Yeah, so dull. maybe, maybe now that they're, <laughs> maybe now they're out of that, out of that area where there's not much going on, maybe, Maybe we can finally get something something to pick up. Maybe I don't know. So maybe I think I think this might be the uh, the beginning of of something better for the show. Now that now that it's the, you know we're on we're on, it's a, it's on a it's on the break I assume for the summer, which I don't get. Why would they go on a break in the summer as opposed <laughs> to having all the episodes in the summer when the kids are going to watch? Yeah. Whatever. Um, Whatever. Every show does this. I, I don't get it. Just, all kids show. Think, Young Justice is doing it. Power well, Rangers is doing it. I don't no, get it. Like listen, kids, what kids aren't going to watch TV in the summer. No, I think because what happens is um, kids don't – if you have a regular schedule of when you know kids are going to be out from school and when they watch – like they get up early and watch TV on Saturdays, which I don't – was that the case for all these, right? They're all on Saturday mornings because um, I DVR them, so I don't know I when, they're, maybe, when they air. But, yeah. um, but either way, um, the argument is because once kids are in summer, they don't have the same schedule. So they, they go if, – if they're doing something – like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are the same as Saturday to them if they're not in school, you know? So they say there's no point in trying to – because a kid doesn't have a schedule unless he has – I think that's the argument. The argument is like if they have scheduled days off to watch cartoons, they have scheduled days off to watch cartoons. If every day is a day off, then they don't fucking know when Saturday is. I mean I, I – I'm – I'm pretty sure I usually know when Saturday no, is. No, I, 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 I will cop to, like, I ask my wife, I, hey, you want to watch a movie? She's like, yeah, oh, wait, no, tomorrow's Friday. Oh, yeah, tomorrow is Friday. Yeah, I do that. I mean, my whole life is a summer vacation now, but I specifically remember when I was in school, during the summer, I would have no fucking idea what day of the week it was. No fucking clue. No fucking clue. You know, and like, and it's not even about, it's not even about kids are so stupid they don't understand. They have other shit to do now. For the record, it comes on Saturday morning at ten o'clock. There you go. Well, in 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 certain time zones, right? But um, yeah, ten o'clock ten, Eastern. 10 Eastern, right? Okay, so let's let's talk about if you guys don't mind talk about the show overall, right? Like, I think Brandon hit the nail on the head. I think the weakest problem of the show has been the writing, and I think what's much as it is interesting that yes, they resolved the Voyager plotline where they're stuck on the other side of the universe. The problem is, I thought that plotline created a lot of limitations, which could have led to a lot of really cool storylines. Um, which you didn't see very many of. I think, like I said, they did the same thing every week. They landed on a planet. There was four people on the planet who lived in a cave. They had a problem with the other people. Turns out they were the bad guys. Switch sides and escape. Like same plot every week. Disappointing, I think, because, like we said, because the show is kind of like can't do that. is It's kind of an inexpensive show, and um, the animation isn't that superb, and the characters are kind of retreads. The writing is what they really should be focusing on. Because, well, no, like, like, you know, like, I've, I, like, I've already been comparing it to Young Justice, which I don't know if it's a fair comparison, but it's the show that comes on right after it. It right, is, right. and it's like it's, it's in the same block specifically. And and Young Justice, 
obviously it's a, it's a completely different beast because Young Justice has it's got a running storyline through it. Stuff is happening, and but the, like there's a difference. It's got a running storyline, but it's also got you know there's also a different thing happening every week. So it's something new happening every week, and also there's this running storyline going on under it. And then if you're right. gonna catch the finale, then also there's the finale has you know culminates everything that's happening in the storyline. And and that's I mean that that's that's how I like shows to be. I like the, I like there to be a running storyline, and also be monster. That's I guess that's why I watch Power Rangers. Um, right, I agree. But but well, like, I, think, I think Young Justice is an interesting comparison too. Young Justice obviously is a great looking show, very expensive yeah. animation on that show, um, and that show also does it has better writing than Green Lantern um, because the characters are funny because there's good dialogue and because there's. Wait, I, was, I, was actually, I was actually saying in, a, in to somebody else earlier is that Hal Jordan is just a cliche machine. Yeah, and and and, and there's there's a legitimate effort to make the characters the characters on Young Justice, and they hit walls, and they hit they use stereotypes, and they hit a lot of cliches. But there's a legitimate effort. The problem with that show is the same problem with this show. If this if Young Justice looked as shitty as Green Lantern does in terms of now shitty is relative, but as shitty as its animation does, or as limited or as cheapest Green Lantern does. It would be just as boring because that show also is not very plot driven. I mean, they show up at a place, they fight a bunch of guys, and they get away. I mean, it's the same plot every episode, but that show gets away with it because it looks so good. The point being that that show doesn't actually have to have plots because it's got funny dialogue, good characters, great animation, and cool action. This show doesn't really have cool action, doesn't really have great characters. I mean, it's got a tough guy who's a punk, and it's got a <laughs> cliche, and it's got data, but with no clothes on as a woman, and it's got Razor, who's the only character on the show. You know, I think I should mention that uh, the creators or producers and writers, um, Juan Carlo Volpe and Jim Craig and or Creek, however he says it, it's Juan Carlo. Okay. Um, Have all been replaced next year? It's GI. Yeah, like. they, they mentioned that they're big Star Trek fans, and if you look closely in every episode, you'll see a hint towards oh, Star Trek, the series. 100%. I try to make fun of the show by saying it's every episode's been a huge ripoff of Star Trek. I mean, the, the plot of the first half of the season is Voyager. They get stuck in the other side of the universe. Data is all over this chick. Every episode is they fight with the same three rocks that Kirk and company used to fight with on the 60s show. And it's the same thing. One quarry, and you got a whole season worth of stories and stuff. And I think the writing is what really needs to improve. Like, look at rip off Star Trek episodes, but don't rip off the way they look and action. Like, don't rip off the 60s show rip off all the 60 show episodes where they dealt with like social issues and stuff like go to next generation like, rip that have, have episodes with like you know um uh translator problems and have episodes where they have no resources and have episodes where they have to fight a war where both sides are right like do that kind of cool shit you could do make a fucking star trek show rip off star trek nobody cares you know you're already ripping off as it is and you're creating this dull ass show just I rip think the off the better episode. stuff of star well, trek and, and also like one girl of Ope, like he he also worked on avatar the last year but i think in the same capacity he did on this show so like, you should know better he's saying. Well, he, he's got a bigger role with this series. He's essentially the showrunner. Right, and then, yeah. but like he was, he, yeah. was, he was, he was, he had a pretty big role in Avatar, and he like he directed some episodes, and he was a producer, I think. Now, and and we all love Avatar: The Last Airbender, so don't take what I'm saying as offense. But the same thing with that show. That show had a lot of really good things going for it. Very expensive show, great animation, great designs, really, eh, mostly really good dialogue. Um, the character development characterization was really spot on. A lot of cliche characters. Very, very dull in terms of its plot. For huge chunks of the show, not true for majority of the show. So the show really did have a humongous amount of shit going for it. Great no, it's show. Look, like, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm re- like that show. I'm rewatching that show. And like the, I'm in the first season. I'm just like, oh, 
When does first season is hard to watch. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a slow start. So how about because, we well, give it's it it's that benefit of the doubt? I'm not. I, I am. I'm giving it. The, but I'm saying, like, yes, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, but there's also the difference that that was, you know, like it, it was. He's done that since then. But yes, <laughs> like it that show hard. got a slow start. But like he has, uh, he has also he stayed with the show after that too. Yeah. Same thing with Justice League the animated series. Now Justice League, um, first season, ter- I think absolutely terrible, absolutely terrible. Second season, probably the best of all the seasons. Then once they get to the, it's great. And then once it's 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 astonishing how much better the second season is than the first season. Then once you get to Justice League Limited, it stays good. But then by the time you get to the last season, it's so masturbatory and self-important that it's not really entertaining anymore. I mean, it's entertaining, but only to people who've been fans of the show from the beginning. And I think that's what you're talking about here, where it's like you should sort of know better. Maybe it'll get better. It might not though. I mean, it could be Eon Kid. It could be. You know, Inspector Gadget. It doesn't have to get better. I mean, it's 13 episodes, today. and especially because they recycled Wait, the same. You don't like Inspector Gadget? No, it's just it, it, it could just be having an adventure with a guy yelling at a TV screen because he's upset. Inspector Gadget got away every week. You know, which you is what the show some, was. Some uh, substance. It just it needs to be better. And I think for me, the best episode of the show was um, what the hell was Into the Abyss? Is that the one? No. Yes, Into the Abyss, the fourth episode of the show where um, they were helping the thing that was sucking through a black hole. Because even though it had some dull parts, and even though it had that was the episode where I first got undressed, um, I think that's what the show could do. The show could be like, they're relearning, they're doing these crazy cool missions. You know, it's it's an adventure they're having that's not based on the same plot, one-on-one and stuff like that. So it's just like, for me, that's definitely best episode of the season, Into the Abyss. Um, and I think you were right that Finale was the second best, but it's kind of a cheat. I mean... Finales should be the best episode of the season. I mean, you know, too often they're not, you know, looking at you, Vampire Diaries. But, you know, it's like, you know, it could happen. <laughs> or Game of Thrones. Or Mad Men, you know, like, you know, yep. it, it could happen <laughs> that shows have, you know, finales aren't the best episode of the season and stuff. But, you know, it's kind of a cheat when they're not, you know, so. But, um, uh, what's, I don't know, maybe the worst? I can't even think of what the worst episode was. Probably that one I really hated, the first Ailandi one. Huh? That wasn't that bad. I don't think that was. I don't think that was the worst. The worst, the first Islandy one. Uh, maybe the Mogo doesn't socialize adaptation was probably worse. Was, no, I thought that was bad. Yeah, that was pretty bad. That was pretty dull. Like it's like, oh, now everybody's evil, and he's evil, and he's evil. No, I'm obviously. Yeah, you had the suspense of knowing that oh, the planet's attacking them, and you guys but are here. This is this is it's 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 like why does why does why does Kilowog does Kilowog like not. Uh, the, the people on the planet, like, were they both the same? Was everybody the same species, or does Kilowog just not know the difference between people of different planets? Like in that, in that okay. episode, like he's like he's like, oh, yeah. you must be from from, the, from that fighting force, as opposed to the know, invading it's, it's alien planet. All the galaxy is in <laughs> Green Lantern. Maybe maybe the worst episode is is um uh the Squids versus Kilowog's wife episode. Um, <laughs> for yourself, maybe that was the worst episode. Because it just—it's stupid. It's—it's it's just because it's completely stupid. Yeah, that's why I don't like that episode. Um, well, I, th- I think getting away from the negativity, right. uh, we have a lot to look forward to. We don't have the restriction of of the frontier, like we said. And yeah, but and, would, maybe that'll be. What I like about this season a lot was the Ayalande episodes, which you know tied to the to the comics and and still brought you know enough there to keep me interested you know without 
you know, right. trying to remember what happened way back then. So I think we we got a chance to see more, you know, cameos. We got a chance to see a much wider scale, maybe some sure. original villains for a change. Yeah. yeah. I wish we had some no, original I... lanterns maybe. Like we like there was there was the one in the in episode 1 who died. Like I don't know, like well, like probably, why? Like I was, I was kind of, I was kind of bothered that it had to be Island. You're like, why did, why didn't we just go to a different planet and have to be a different person as opposed to like, when, when we know that he's dead and oh, the ring's still in the castle. I wonder who it could have gone to. Yeah, it's kind of like, in all fairness, it's kind of like you're right because it does ruin a little bit of the suspense for fans and stuff. Right. But it is also kind of one of those things where part of the reason fans watch it is to kind of get involved in the in their own fandom, you know, so it would almost be like if they didn't feature lanterns like Ilandi and Salak wasn't running the switchboard well, that we well, all kind of like, why, why aren't you using this? And it's like, it's the same thing as like the um, modern comic book movies where there's a humongous amount of Easter eggs. And you're like, oh, God, there's so many Easter eggs. It's because they're like, you know what? Like, something like Captain America, like, he needs a plucky sidekick. He needs a team to work with. He needs a love interest. He needs an arch enemy. That arch enemy needs a henchman. Uh, he needs a gruff boss to talk to. Why don't we just use actual characters from the comics to plug in all these holes? Well, yeah, but like, like the, the, the thing up. about the thing about that in 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 the in the Outlander episode is is like, if if she you know stayed with the show and she was with them after that, then yeah, okay. But yeah, she only appears in in two episodes, and like I mean, maybe right. she'll appear later, but like she only appears in those two episodes about about that thing happening. So like it, there's no real reason for it to be that character. Like for example, Young Justice Young Justice as as we mentioned, like that that has tons of cameos of people you wouldn't even realize. Like Bibbo yeah, they, they don't stick to it. any any strict storyline, you know. There's well, no, uh, here's, no comic here's adaptation thing. there. Right. Well, oh, here's Young Justice you mean? Yeah. Well, Young Justice well, yeah, but like Young Justice has characters they who have weren't ever absolutely Justice. free reign there. Here they were following the restrictions Granted that they put on themselves, but they were following the restrictions. Dylan, they didn't join a team for a purpose, you know. In Young well, Justice's universe, here's, here's. they have you know people care. They, they, you know, they skipped five years just to have cameos. You know, like, right, right. Well, here's the here's the deal, right? I think Young Justice. Who are the characters that are the most? The characters that are really the best characters in the show, the most involving characters: Superboy, Miss Martian, Aqualad. And sort of Dick Grayson, right? Uh, and sort of Wally, right? The, the actual original plot. And why? Because we were given an insane amount of background about these characters and stuff. So when Lagoon Boy shows up, you're like, okay, I could probably like Lagoon Boy after four episodes, but like, you're, and Jaime, and you're just throwing them on my face now, throwing them on my face. And the same thing is like, Justice League, the animated series. Who are the two best characters in that show? Hawkman, uh, Hawkgirl, and Jon Stewart. And why? Because we found out everything about, I mean, even Jon Stewart, it took us a while to get some stuff about gonna And the same thing with this, like, uh, that goes back to another point, but my problem with, and I said, the problem with the idea of, like, and again, not to criticize you guys, but to say, like, oh, I'm glad we got out of this limiting thing about the frontier. It never seemed to affect the show. I mean, there was always this supposedly underlying idea that they're racing the lanterns back to Oa. Well, you, you um, can't really say that it, that it, that it didn't affect the show, because we don't know well, what the difference is going to be in the show no, after I mean, we leave the frontier. Need, right, but what I mean to say is the idea was supposed to be that there was a suspense, like, we need to get back up, and we need to get to Oa as soon as possible. And... Every time they went on a planet, even when it was like desperate, they just stopped and hung out. Like there wasn't, they never seemed like they were too excited about doing anything. And every single time there was like a, a potential to recruit someone, every time the person was like, I'm happy here, they're like, all right, good luck, and flew away. It's like they had Mogo, who they ended up using. Uh, that, to happened, save that happened once. Happened twice. And that was happened Island Island. And then Mogo, they couldn't get anybody on Mogo because the ship was wrecked or something. Mogo and, was on uh, itself. Yeah, Mogo, yeah, Mogo, Mogo doesn't move. 
And Mogul got all the way to the Mogul Mogul flew to Oa and jumped up. Eventually he moved. Eventually. Mogul moved pretty fast for a planet. Point fact is they seemed real chill about the stuff we were supposed to be all worked up about. And I feel like, I mean, you know, what's to stop them from doing the exact same thing next season where they just go to planets, you know, to hang out? And it wasn't like they never ran out of power. They never ran out of juice. They never needed food. They never like were narrowly avoiding red lantern patrols. There was the one time where they where they where they almost ran out of juice. Like, oh, we're at less than twenty percent. Who cares? Let's just. <laughs> didn't Hal um, run out of power and have to run back to the ship? And it's like uh, we're fine in the first episode. It was like, yeah, we're fine. You know, um, and it's like I feel like there wasn't a lot of stakes or suspense, so I don't feel like them get. I think actually they could stand to be stood to be out in the frontier more with some hardcore writing happening, you know, because. I said that when the first episode aired. I was like, this is a weird limiter to put on the show, considering this is the first episode of their show, but it could lead to some interesting stories. And essentially, I think it just led to the same stories you would have gotten if they weren't trapped on the frontier. You know what I mean? Like, Hal Jordan's still got to go on patrol. He's still going to go on a bunch of planets. I mean, not to say that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, really, I mean, really think about, take away the fact that they were always going to a specific place. And did the fact that they were being chased by the Ray Lanterns, like, and then they were racing them to Oa really matter this season, you know? Because... Logically speaking, they, they were not only trying to race into Oa, they were trying to get to Oa, get back up, prepare, and then fight a fleet and stuff. And it was like, it never seemed like they were that concerned, you know? I think we should probably be wrapping up. But before we do, <laughs> in defense of Green Lantern, the animated series, um, in comparison to a show like Young Justice, where they have a team of about four or five writers doing every episode, and mm-hmm. mainly mainly two people, um, Green Lantern anime series, I think, had eight different writers between these first thirteen episodes. So, mm-hmm. and and I know they've contracted more than just those eight for the next thirteen. So it's like they're, they're a big committee going on this, and I, and that's probably because they have to be so far ahead in scripts in order for this animation thing. Yeah, to there's work. all kinds of problems. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I understand why it wouldn't be as cohesive as a show like Young Justice or any of the DC shows that came before it. It's because you know they're they're trying something new and it's a little yeah. you know there's probably a learning curve of, of right. involved with it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's again the same thing with the first league, first season of Justice League. Like you had a lot of voices and it. it's like a lot of first seasons of a lot of shows. You have a lot of different characters, a lot of voices in the writer room doing whatever they want, and you get like. Uh, 20 dick episodes that are completely useless, you know, and then you get a better. So I no, I mean, it might get a lot better. I'm not saying it wouldn't get a lot better. I think an eight person writing room with a showrunner, I think you actually have a pretty good shot of getting a good show out of it. But no, I, I mean, not to say I'm just, I think for me again, I didn't hate this show. It was pretty dull though. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I was, I don't know if I'd watch it again if I wasn't like, you know, so you're exactly. not gonna rush out and get the DVD? I don't think I will. I think I was uh, I was pretty excited about getting it when I heard about it, doing the whole rubbing my hands together thing like an idiot. But I was like, uh, uh, I'll probably just buy Ghost Rider two instead or something. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so um, is that it? oh wait, but see, Colton, what's Colton? Yeah, it was like Colton needs to say something. I guess I I thought I had said stuff. But Did you? Okay. I don't know. You haven't Nothing talked good. in a while, and I expect you to. Well, if. Brandon, I love, I love Brandon. Like he talks for a while, and then he's about to say something, anything, and then, well, so frustrating. Yeah, it kind of happens. I imagine that he freezes. Like he just he freezes too. Anyways, Colton, Col- what you're saying? <laughs> he just uh, stops. It. He just gets bored. Really, Colton, really? What was your favorite episode of the season? Hmm, that's hard to say. I mean, I don't think there was an episode that just 
pissed me off that it was terrible, but uh, I don't know if there was any episode that was that was so extremely all that standout-ish. I mean, there were a few episodes I liked, but I don't think I could probably group them all or at least remember them by name. But There's 13 uh, of them. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we could have spent all this time not talking, figuring it out. But that's you could say fine. the one where this happens. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I got like, friends I episode. Lost Planet Air Apparent and Into the Abyss when I was talking about my episodes. So. What episode? Are I guess the one in which they ended the season. Because mm. things happen. You mean in the future? Because it's still in season one. Homecoming. They ended the half season. Homecoming whatever. is the one you know, you're talking it, it about. Should be a test, it should be. I wish it, it's not really fair to say, but it should be a testament to a TV show that. When you ask somebody what the best episode of the season was, they don't say the first or the last episode. You know, like Battlestar Galactica is a show. Well, it used to be one of my favorite shows of all time. And you ask anybody what the best episode of the show is, they're going to say the very first episode, which is great, but actually kind of terrible because there was eighty episodes after that. <laughs> like you, know, you, you should. If that's actually terrible for a show to peak at the very first episode. It never gets all. better than this first episode. Like because well, the first bad. episode always has, the, always has the biggest sort of budget sometimes. And... Well, in, in the case of that, they just had a really good idea. And, uh, if, if, you had, if you can manage a 100-episode series, the last episode would be the best, then you've done yeah, something like, right. If you ask me, like, any season of Doctor Who what the best episode was, I don't think I'd say a single season finale, except for in the new season, I'd say probably Series 2. Uh, Doomsday was probably the best episode of the season, but that's just because I cry every time I watch it. But that's a whole humor there. Yeah. Well, Brandon's actually watched The Wire, so I guess The Wire probably doesn't matter what the fuck episode you're talking about, right? There's probably no way to no, tell what episode it really doesn't. Oh, if I, if I had to be specific, though, I'd say season three, episode ten, where the dies. Ooh, spoilers. Whoa, hold on. I haven't watched The Wire, dude. Wow. You'll forget by the time you get to I will, season but three. no, no, I'm going to go all through season one like... He's gonna die, man. He's gonna die. He's gonna, he's gonna die. <laughs> I'm gonna spoil what the big surprise. Everybody dies in the wire. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna spoil. So, hold on, Colton was talking. Oh. Yeah, this this tends to happen. I start speaking, then other people start speaking, and then she didn't say anything. He was like, "I don't know what episode's the best. Probably the last True. one." And then I started talking. Uh, it was, it's, it's kind of a hard choice for me because you know most of those episodes were a long time ago. It feels like I kind of just marathoned the last few episodes recently, but uh. They're all kind of jumbled in my head because Marathon I watched them back to back to back. Brandon? They blow together. Hi, Brandon. Eric. In Batman 10, uh, it turns out the guy in charge of the Court of Owls is uh, Thomas Wayne Jr. Uh, I was trying to dodge spoilers. I forgot I hosted the call. You guys know, you guys remember when um, Thomas Wayne Jr. was revealed to be the guy in charge of the Court of Owls? Damn it! Yep. <laughs> he already. How did you not catch that last time he said it? Anyway. So, are we done with the show? Um, I, can I think of anything else to spoil for you? Uh, oh, no, no. Aquaman, this Aquaman website. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Like, there's like Aquaman had a twin brother who's been an arch enemy for ten years. This isn't anything new. I was like, it's also bitch. that guy Lincoln, whatever. Like, Rosebud is the sled. So only green as people. Yeah, what have you? I, I know you're watching something the other day that you told me not to spoil, but you probably finished it by now. No, all my shows are done. You can't spoil me. Uh, Veronica Mars. We don't know her dad. Ah, I never watched it. Shut up. Good. There you go. It's Beaver in the second season, so that's a pretty good one. Sorry, I don't trust my memory. Come he's on, gonna, in this episode. He is going to forget that one. Like, Yeah, no, he won't. He's going to forget who Beaver is. I'll say it every week. 
He'll remember who Beaver is because Beaver plays Flash on um, Smallville. That's true, right. Kyle Galliner. All right, uh, so, uh, so with that all aside, I guess it's it's time to end the show. So um, You should actually, you really should edit out that Stringer Bell spoiler if you are what? <laughs> I know I, it wires on for seven years, whatever, but it, it is something that people are kind of getting into now, so... Uh, so I guess, I guess you know we 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 liked some stuff. We didn't like some stuff. I don't know, whatever. Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, stay green. Be sure to check us out at www.thegreenlanterncore.com. You can also email us at contact at thegreenlanterncore.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the GLCore. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com/slash GLSpotlight. You can reach our voicemail line at 313-GL1-2814. That's 313-451-2814. Thanks for listening and check us out next time. And please stop masturbating when I'm talking to you. Be sure to check out Kirby Crackle performance of our opening theme, Ring Capacity, at www.kirbycracklemusic.com. Also check out the Roy Clark Method performance of our ending theme, Sector 2814, at freeweb.com slash Method. magic green it is the color green it can do anything sometimes it speaks to me it says how what have you done with your life people around you keep dying use your will to right the wrong and don't make us wait <laughs> that is pretty good, Frank. So, by the way, uh, I'm not editing that Stringer Bell. Come, it's season three out of five. I'll edit it Man. up. Yeah, in the middle of the show. Like, whatever, I'm here. Smack dab in the middle of the show. Like, I'll I'll do it. I'll, it's near the end. It's fine. I can now do I it too. Guys, now I know how guys. Like, <laughs> you just told him. You just told me guys. I didn't tell you that. I was. I you just confirmed it. You <laughs> hit it off as a joke. <laughs>